Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Devin Saylor. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, we're in the final week of our Mythbuster series. And this week we're looking at the folklore behind what some consider to be a great indicator of winter weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had our first snow of the year. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to know how long or short the winter is going to be. Um, so I think that's a million dollar question. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot of people would make a good bit of money if they could come up with the answer <laughs> as to how long or how short or how extreme our winter weather is going to be for this upcoming winter. Um, so we're here to address that because um, there's a bit of folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, let's set up the scenario, okay? Um, so you see a woolly bear. You notice it's brown stripe. It's small. You immediately panic because the smaller than normal brown stripe means that a terrible winter is ahead. Mm-hmm. Is that true or is it not true? We want to find out this week. Yeah. So... Uh, before we get into all that, we also want to cover what the woolly bear is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has some other names associated with it. It's just a common name. Um, we'll find out a little bit about its life history, some fun facts, all that good stuff. And of yeah. course, a joke at the end. Obviously. <laughs> Can't go without a joke at the end. So let's get started. Um, I saw that there was some other names for it. Fuzzy bears. Hedgehog caterpillar. That one I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I never heard of any of these, I don't think. Um, black ended bear uh, or the banded woolly bear. Did you see any of those? No, I did see woolly worm come up quite a bit though, too. Okay, yeah, and I think I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so woolly bear, woolly worm. We're just going to refer to it as the woolly bear today. Yep. Call it what you want. Um, that's what we're talking about. So, what is the woolly bear? Uh, It's actually the larval stage of the Isabella tiger moth. Um, And so where do they live or what is their life history? Um, So in their caterpillar form or their larval form, they actually have 13 segments. So that's what Mm -hmm. you'd be looking for. I've never counted them out, (laughs) Um, but I'm just going to go with that. Uh, That's what the research has shown. Um, So the larvae are usually covered in brown hair in their mid-regions. And like what we already talked about. And um, you'll find the black hair in the front and back areas. Um, and unlike other caterpillars, they only spend roughly 5% of their lives eating. Uh, usually during the late spring is what I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the adult stage, which is the moth stage. Uh, you'll find those Isabella tiger moths. They're generally adult yellowish through orangish color mm-hmm. um, small heads bright reddish orange forelegs and the wings um, they have a little bit of black spotting not too much if you're getting your measuring tape out uh, you'll find that the wingspan is about one and a half to two inches and they do mention that there's the abdomen which is spotted um, you'll find three rows of black dots so that's kind of what they look like in both stages. Not sure if you saw anything else, but um, that yeah. kind of covers it. Yeah, pretty standard moth, really. <laughs> yeah, yep. So I did find, like, you can find them pretty much anywhere throughout the United States, southern Canadian region, and Mexico. 
Um, I know we've been talking a little bit before too that they get mixed up quite a bit with another kind of woolly bear. You said the Arctic woolly bear. Yeah. So yeah, I did see that in a couple different websites. That so I yeah, came so you, might, you might see like some range showing like Greenland, Canada, and the Arctic Circle, but that is a different caterpillar altogether. So, but if you're out looking for them in your yard, you're gonna find them. Morally in like meadows and pastures, uncultivated fields, road edges. They like that taller grass and vegetation to kind of hide in. And they do like to burrow, like in the winter, um, they like to burrow into the soil under bark and hide in like cavities of like rocks and logs to try and stay safe during the winter. So they're not too, too hard to find. They're usually curled up in a little ball during colder months. So Right. And I think we'll talk about that more too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those fall days... You see a lot of them. Mm-hmm. That's because they're looking for that place to yep. kind of hunker down for the winter. Yeah. Just, just like we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I think a little bit of life history that stands out to me anyway is uh, what I'll call the woolly bear popsicle. Okay. Um, so after it finds a place to hunker down for the winter, um, it has a really unique feature. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mentioned it, but it has an antifreeze. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is, uh, and I'll just walk you through all the stages. So the larva emerged from the egg in the fall and overwinters in its caterpillar form, uh, and it literally freezes solid. Mm-hmm. So if you found one during the middle of winter, it'd be hard as a rock. Um, and uh, it heart, its heart stops beating, uh, and then it, its gut freezes, then its blood, and that's followed by the rest of the body. And so they refer to that as a cryptoprotectant. And so, you know, we know it as like an antifreeze. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it survives the winter. I'm sure, yeah, I didn't look at this portion, but I'm sure researchers are like digging into that because it probably could be used in some aspect of our life. I'm sure, know? yeah. Um, so I think we found some different temperatures that it might survive at. Mm-hmm. I found... Um, negative 76 Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah, I'd only found as low as negative 40. So, either way, they can survive some pretty cold temperatures. Yeah, and, you know, that might be associated with the Arctic woolly bear, mm-hmm. um, which is Gynophoria rolandica. Um, just wanted to mention that, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to research that, they, they have remarkable life in themselves. So, mm-hmm. they only hang out in the Arctic, um, referred to as Arctic woolly bear. Uh, and they remain a caterpillar for 14 years. Wow. Just because of that freeze-thaw cycle. I think some people have kind of gotten their facts mixed up mm-hmm. because of that common name, the Arctic woolly bear, and people think, oh, that's just the woolly bear mm-hmm. living up in the Arctic, but it's not. It's a, it's a totally different species. So so I think that sums up, mm-hmm. you know, the life cycle, range, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, some fun facts. Yeah, So so I found, like, I looked into a little bit of like what they do eat in those just little bit of time that they are actually eating, mm-hmm. and it shows that they're eating mostly like just plants like grass, dandelions, clover, anything that's close to the ground for them that they can munch on. So, pretty typical food for an insect. Yeah, I saw something about you know you don't really have to worry about them eating your your garden vegetables. Yeah, so that's good. Um, and then one thing I thought was pretty cool was when they do. Um, become the Isabella tiger moth. They don't eat at all. 
and they actually only live for about one week. So the majority of their life is spent in the caterpillar form. Yeah, it's a short time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I found that literally once it becomes a moth, its job is to find a mate and lay eggs, and then they're done. So Hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, drum roll, please. (laughs) So can we actually really predict the weather with a little caterpillar? No. (laughs) So behind the myth, um, I did find I'll just cover a little bit more about it, like how people were using it to predict the weather. Yeah. So they said that the black meant a more severe winter. So if the head of the caterpillar was dark, like a longer dark part on the head, it was going to be a more severe winter in the beginning. And if the tail was dark, it'd be more severe towards the end. Um, So it does, they do, like you mentioned, they have 13 segments of their body. So folklore states that that kind of predicts the 13 weeks of winter. So if you count each segment, you can kind of tell like how each week of the winter is going to go. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But in reality, um, the woolly bear's caterpillar coloring is just based on how long the caterpillar's been feeding, its age, and the species. So the better the growing season, the longer the brown segments. All right. Well, sorry about that. Yeah. If you're disappointed. <laughs> um, in general, there's no real good way to tell how long the winter's going to be. Just plan on it being a hard winter and yeah. you'll be all set. Yes. <laughs> or move to a warmer area, right? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, that's been, I think it's been a fun couple of weeks kind of yeah. diving into Mythbusters and... Uh, trying to figure out truth from what people believe is truth uh, about those natural topics. Yeah. Um, so we learned about choke cherry, about getting out of the woods, yep. and moss, and uh, this week about the Isabella tiger moth and woolly bears. So I hope you enjoyed it. I think we should do maybe another version of this, maybe in the spring too. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more that we can find. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Joke time. Absolutely. How do woolly bears prefer to travel? Uh, it's too early in the morning for me. <laughs> On a barrowplane. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we also have an event. Mm-hmm. Salt Springs Park. Do you like parties? Yeah. Is um, at Salt Springs Park. There's a star party. Um, it's this Saturday from 630 to 930 p.m. And they're going to be covering basic astronomy. So they're hoping for clear skies. uh, And that's because there will be five planets. Um, So they say Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. They'll all be out for viewing. Uh, Mike and Mary Sinkovich, they'll host this fall star party. Uh, They're going to start at Wheaton House with some tips about telescopes and utilizing good internet resources for astronomy. Um, afterwards, they'll move to the field above Salt Springs Park Road, and that's uh, where they say the viewing is ideal. So, they mentioned that all levels of astronomers and stargazers are welcome, and that's with or without your equipment. You could bring binoculars and a cheap flashlight, and they'll transform it into a red light with nail polish. Never heard about that. No, that's pretty cool. Um, so... Uh, did I also mention to remember to dress in warm layers and a total cloud out or rain 
is unpredictable, so they mentioned calling Salt Spring State Park on the afternoon of the event. Um, the program fee is $5 per person and $15 for family. And if you're a friend of Salt Spring State Park, it's free. So again, that's Saturday at 6.30, uh, all the way to 9.30. So sounds like a good time. Yeah, sounds fun. All right, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Devin Saylor. And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors. Thank you.